This is the Motion Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like more information about Motion Church, you can always visit our website at motionchurch.com. If you'd like to contribute to what God is doing here at Motion, you can do that at motionchurch.com forward slash give. We hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, what's up, everybody? Hey, that's, listen, that may be the best you guys have ever done. I was thinking kind of as we were going through worship, this is a very spirited bunch. You guys, y'all got some energy. I like it. You're going to need that, right? Uh, So we're kicking off a new new series today called Fruiter. You didn't misread it. It wasn't a a typo, misprint. It is Fruiter. So when when I first saw that, the first thing that came to mind, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you see that? This is, this is a question you can answer it. Uh, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you see that? For me, oh, furniture, I can see that, yeah. What else? What'd you say? That's what I thought, juicy fruit. Yeah, I was like, looks like juicy fruit. Makes my mouth water, kind of thinking about it. Like just, although juicy fruit is trash, can we be honest? Like it's one of those, you put it in for like 13 seconds and it's like, it is bland out. And listen, I know you're not supposed to do this and I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I feel like we're family and I can do that. I swallow my gum. Always have. And all you liars that are like, oh, it's going to, you know, go like it's going to get stuck in there. You're going to have to, like, here I am. <laughs> Maybe that's why I carry a little extra, you know, because all that juicy fruit I swallowed as a kid. So we're kicking off a new series called Fruiter. Now, here's the idea. What we've done, we've had some, some fun with this. It's a play on words uh, for those of you who care to know. It's called a portmanteau. It's where you take two words and you, you combine them. For example, smog. Not a real word. It's portmanteau. It's smoke and fog. Smog, right? Um, so Fruiter is fruit and future. And the idea of the series is a really simple one, but one that has very significant implications for our lives. What we are after, what, what our goal is in this series is to help us see some ways that we can ensure that our future has fruit, specifically the fruit of the spirit, right? That's what we're, that was a good chance for y'all to say, amen, preach, preacher, all those sorts of things. Uh, So what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is we're going to be spending some time in Galatians chapter five, where we find the fruit of the spirit. So let's, let's read the passage and then we'll dive into the message for the day. Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 23, which means there are a lot of verses so you got to lock in. Everybody paying attention? All right. Shelly's paying attention. Good. Everybody else? Okay. Uh, so here we go. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. When I read that, I'm going to stop a couple of times through this passage. Kind of break it up, right? So... When I read that, I always think about, I always kind of go back to Romans chapter 7, which Paul also wrote. Paul wrote the book of Galatians. He also wrote the book of Romans. And so in Romans chapter 7, he kind of goes through this this explanation of the conflict. He was like, that which I want to do, I find myself not doing. And that which I don't want to do, I do find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of sin and death? And here's what's interesting. We put a chapter break right there. We stop chapter seven right there. And then chapter eight begins with, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like that's who rescues us from this body of sin and death. But if you stop at the end of chapter seven, you don't get to the good stuff. And so anyway, the the idea here is there is this conflict, this war that is raging inside of each and every one of us. It is the flesh and the spirit, and, and they are contrary to each other. They have different goals. They have different objectives. They have different paths. They have different 
directions that they are trying to each go. And so you kind of know the idea of like when you've got two opposing forces that are pulling on each other, like something's got to give at some point. And so let's continue. If you are led by the spirit, then you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. So this is our first list, our first category. This particular version calls it the acts of the flesh. If you're old school, I grew up reading, like my, the first Bible that I got that I could actually read was the New King James. Uh, not these and thou's, but it was like, you know, it was good. Um, so it calls it the works of the flesh. And I, I like that better because, I don't know, I just like that better. Better get with that? Sometimes you like what you like. So the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery that's a word we don't, we don't use often. Debauchery is kind of this excessive perversion. It's, it's sexual immorality on steroids. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. I don't like that that one's included. Um, although I would say that I don't have fits of rage. I have outbursts of strong displeasure. I had to explain to my son this week the difference between being upset and mad and all those sorts of things and righteous indignation. Like Jesus got righteously indignified, right? That's why he flipped the tables. And that's kind of, I did the same thing. I'm just trying to be like Jesus, flipping tables. I'm just kidding. So righteous, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Most of y'all didn't know that that was in your Bible, right? That is a list. Like, wow. Can we, let's do this one more time. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Those are the works of the flesh. Now, a couple of things. Let's, let's, just, oh, let's finish it. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll break all of this down in a minute. So that's what it says. And then it finishes with, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Really important distinction or point to make here. So, so my understanding is that there are two different references to kingdoms mentioned in the New Testament. So you have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is our ultimate future. The kingdom of God is the, the future that we begin to experience now. For example, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. So what you're praying is like our Father who is in heaven, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That is the kingdom of God coming to the earth here and now. And so when we live like this, we choose the works of the flesh. What we are doing is we're, we're kind of exempting ourselves from the kingdom of God now. We're not getting to experience the benefits of it. So verse 22, it says this, but the fruit of the spirit, so we got the works of the flesh, we've got that list, that, that saucy list, right? But on the other side of the, the ledger, we've got the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance is how this particular version says it. I like uh, other versions use the word patience. Uh, I don't like forbearance because, listen, it, it got a bad connotation in the last four years, three years, because a lot of people were like, oh, I'm getting forbearance on my loans and my mortgages and those, and you find out forbearance ain't what you thought forbearance is. Um, so let's go with patience. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to tell you guys a really quick story. So I didn't, I didn't start going to church, so I was a senior in high school. So I kind of missed all the good stuff, like VBS. Didn't, I didn't really have any of, any of that stuff. So I missed a lot of the, the fundamental things that a lot of other church people picked up on along the way. Like, so when I started going to church, like I maybe, maybe could have told you like John 3.16, I'd have gotten most of it right. I probably would have you know, butchered a word or two here or there. Um, so I had, to learn, I had to learn as almost an adult, almost as a grown man, I had to learn like a kid. So Shelly was teaching me like VBS songs. And so we're... <laughs> 
Y'all, it had to be so embarrassing in hindsight. Like, we're driving down the road, you know, I'm, I'm 18 or so at the time, and Shelly's teaching me kids' songs so that I can learn about Jesus and Scripture and all of those sorts of things. So one of the first things that I learned was the fruit of the Spirit. Apparently, there is a, a coinciding song to go with the fruit of the Spirit, and, and it goes as such. You want to help me? You want to come up here and help me? No, you don't have to. I mean, you can if you want to. Some of y'all know. Keep going. Let's go. You didn't do the. You can't. You can't. What? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Control. All right, you get the idea, right? So that's how I learned the fruit of the spirit, and y'all wonder why I'm a little fruity sometimes. So, so that's this is the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, real quick, I, I think it's really interesting. In, in verse 24, you read that and you're like, oh, so we just kill it and it's done, right? It's a once and for all, dead and gone. That's the end of it. And uh, let, me, let me help you out. That's not how this thing works. That, that, y'all, ever seen, y'all ever seen weeds? Listen, I, I pulled up. We, this, I got a tractor. I'm going to throw this. I'm so proud of my tractor. I'm such a redneck. <laughs> Like, I have wanted a tractor for a long time. It's not a big tractor. It's a little tractor. It's a cute little tractor. It's my tractor. And so anyway, I was digging up, digging up a tree stump, like roots and stuff. I've tried to kill this tree about 300 times. It's a willow tree. Apparently, if there is any source of water within three miles, this thing's going to live forever. It is eternal. And so what you got to do is you got to dig that son of a gun up by the roots. And so we did that. And so my point is, like, sometimes you think you killed something. You didn't kill something. And that's the way that the flesh is. You don't kill it one time. You got to continue. You got to just keep killing that thing. So those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Okay. A lot of that to say, all of that to say, we've got these two different categories, works of the flesh, fruit of the spirit. Now here's where it gets personal for us. This is the title for today's message. It is about the future you choose the future that you choose here's what's so beautiful what i love about god is god gives us autonomy god gives us the freedom to choose the path that we want to go down and here's why i think that's so important like god doesn't want robots if he wanted robots he would have created robots he wants people who willingly like lovingly passionately pursue him that want him to be in their lives and so this is the future that you choose you and i get to decide which of these two paths that we're going to go down, which of these two directions we're going to head. And so our topic for the day deals with kind of the role that we have in making this decision. The choice is to decide between a future that is guided and determined by the works of the flesh or a future that is guided and determined by the fruit of the spirit. And so my guess is that if you're here, then the choice is clear, right? Which of those two that you're trying to choose that you would prefer to choose? Have y'all ever done pros and cons lists? Yeah, okay, good. Listen, I'm, don't, y'all don't tell them. Y'all are so much better than the first experience. Today, today. Like, I ask, I ask like, questions, and they're like, right? I thought that was funny. Y'all didn't think that was funny. Anyway, so, so the pros and cons list, th- this is what you would do. Let's take, for example, these two particular categories. You've got the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. If you did the pros and cons to each of those, and which of these two are going to help you get to the place that you think you, you want to be, the place that God wants you to be, living a life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment, um, I think it's pretty obvious which of these two are going to lead to a, a more meaningful and fulfilling life. And yet so often, 
in spite of the fact that we know which of these two are, are better, have more pros than cons, we find ourselves so often choosing the works of the flesh over the fruit of the spirit. Now, listen, I know that list was, was brutal. We don't, we don't choose the big stuff, obviously, right? But maybe some of the, the lesser offenses, maybe, maybe, because listen, this is, what, this is what church people do. This is what church people have always done. We elevate the sins of other people, right? We, we talk about how bad the things that other people do, and, and we min minimize the sins that, that we commit, the things that we do, and we act as if the little things that we do aren't as bad and egregious as the things that other people do. Let, let me help you out. Isn't it interesting that Paul lumps in and includes things like jealousy, selfish ambition, and envy in the same category as drunkenness and orgies? And so the point is, here's the idea. None of those things, none of those decisions, none of those works of the flesh are going to get you to the place that God wants you to be. None of those things are going to lead to the life of fulfillment and contentment that, that we're all in pursuit of. Neither of them hold a promise for the future, a better future, a future. And so I think it's important kind of, again, when you make these decisions, you're making the decisions not just on what happens now, but what your future looks like. So one last thing to note before we get too far in. I, I love how when he finishes up this list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it one more time. So he kind of gives the list. You know, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. And he finishes with, finishes with the phrase, and the like. That's for all of us, all of you, all of me, who like to be legalistic. Anybody legalistic in the room? Anybody always looking for a loophole? Shelly gets so mad at me sometimes because I am always looking for a loophole. I got pulled over a few weeks ago. I haven't gotten a ticket in a really long time, um, which is impressive. Because I have, I have a ticketable face. I don't know what it is. Like, if I get pulled over, I'm getting a ticket. If Shelly gets pulled over, they're probably going to give her, like, a, a bouquet of flowers or something. I don't, it's just <laughs> trash. I'll tell you guys a really quick story. I, I'm not going to spend too much. Shelly got pulled over one time. After, after the, the popo, the state trooper, had followed her for about six miles with his lights on, and she's going 20 miles over the speed limit, doing her makeup, and holding a dog. And so, listen, so she finally, she's like, oh, I'm getting pulled over. And so she pulls over, and, and he was like, do you know I've been behind you for six miles with my lights on, like, trying to get you to pull over? Uh, and Shelly's like, no, I didn't see you. I was doing my makeup, and I was holding my puppy, you know? Right? And I would have been in jail. I would have been under the jail. I, I would have been in, like, a gulag. They would have sent me off to, to Siberia. Shelly, no warning, no ticket. Have a nice day. I'm like, you have a nice day nonsense double standards i'm just kidding so i got i got pulled over the other day and i was looking for a loophole and my loophole didn't work i'm always looking for a loophole and, and what i think is we we find is that we're always looking for for, for loopholes some of y'all looking for poopholes that's weird i almost said it so i just went ahead and said it right we have very nice clean restrooms on the other side if that's that's where you're at those donuts and that coffee might catch you at the wrong time welcome to motion church right so because we're always looking for loopholes, we're looking for, for exceptions, I think that Paul added this, this and the like. You know what this is? It's called a catch-all phrase. It's, it's for those of us that like, again, legalistically, well, like, well, the scripture doesn't specifically say that I can't do this. Specifically, it doesn't specifically say, the Bible doesn't specifically say that I, I shouldn't be involved in this particular activity. And so it's almost as if Paul's like, hey, also, don't be doing the stuff that I didn't specifically mention that isn't in the list, but it also isn't good for you, your family, or your future, right? And so, again, what we do is we're like, well, it doesn't specifically say it's not black and white, it's gray. Have y'all heard all of these? Oh, yeah. 
I've, I've heard all of them. I've used most of them. Uh, so the bottom line is, like, and the like. If, it's, if it looks more like the works of the flesh than it does the fruit of the Spirit, yeah, right? right? Don't, don't do it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two kind of main points that relates to each of these categories. And the first one is, is about the works of the flesh. So here's the first point. Flush the flesh. Flush the flesh. Speaking of poop holes. It all just kind of works back in, right? Can I, be, can I be as kind and direct as possible here? Um, Jesus, it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. I'm not Jesus, but I can try to be gracious and truthful. Uh, so so let, me, let me help us out when it comes to the works of the flesh. If you are willingly, knowingly participating in the works of the flesh, you need to stop. There you go. Right? Dang. I was, I was hoping, like, for some support, but I guess I didn't get none, right? If, if you are willingly, knowingly participating in the works of the flesh, you need to stop. This, this was not anything I intended on talking about. But, but one of the things, like, for example, let me give you an example of this. So over the last couple of months, maybe I guess really the last month, have you guys seen or heard about the movie The Sound of Freedom? Really incredible, impactful movie. And, and so the idea ultimately is about human trafficking and, and those sorts of things. And, and ultimately, people leave a, a, a something as impactful as that. And the question is, like, we feel, this, we feel compelled to do something. We feel like there, there is a need for us to respond. And so when I, when I see a situation like that, if you want to make, because we can't all just, you know, run over there and start shooting people and taking kids, right? I mean, as cool as that would be. Um, so so here's, here's the other thing. There's another way to, to eliminate the, the, what you do is you kind of undermine the necessity of it. It's kind of a supply and demand situation. So if there isn't a demand, the supply dries up. So if you want to make a difference, uh, stop watching pornography. As an example, right? So, so that's a, a great way to stop the demand side of things so that the supply side of things dry up. Otherwise, don't waste your time. Don't come at me telling me you want to make a difference when you are continuing to contribute to the demand and you, you can't continue to complain about the supply if you are continuing to complain or con contribute to the demand. Good morning, church. All right, good. Man, I thought that was going to fall like hard. You guys, y'all took it well. I took it on the chin. Good job. Um, we took it on the chin, right? So, so before, before you accuse me of being judgmental or harsh or, or any of those things like that old school, just hear me out. This is, what, this is what I want us to take from this. I'm not asking you, I don't want you to not be in, involved in these things because I just don't want you to be involved in these things. I don't want you to be involved in these things because none of these things lead you to the place that you want to be, that God wants you to be, that we're, we're doing this from a place of like not, not what we want to take from you, but what we want for you. We want the future. We want the future that God has in store for you, for you. And you don't get there if you are willingly, knowingly participating in these works of the flesh. Listen, I told you, this, this, this second experience is where it's at. Can we, I'm from now, y'all don't tell them I said all this. But we may just like skip them and come to, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, so my guess is that if you are here, that you are in pursuit of a relationship with Jesus, right? To, to know him more fully, to understand who he is and what he wants. Because the more you know him, the more you, you, you respond to him, the more you start to look like him. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like you start to, to look like he looked and act like he act and talk like he talked. And so if you're here, I, I suspect that's kind of your desire. And so none of those things, none of those works of the flesh are going to help you to achieve that goal of looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, representing Jesus well in the world 
that he puts you in. And, and more than that, that's highest priority, right? That's the, the most important thing about our lives is, is knowing Jesus and representing him well in the world that we live in. But, but more than that, none of these works of, of the flesh, none of them are going to lead you to a place of contentment like they lie and tell you that they're going to lead you to a place of contentment. Help me out here. Help me understand something real quick. If all of these things that we're told are going to make us feel a certain type of way, how come none of us feel a certain type of way? How, many, how come so many people feel so much emptiness and there is more desperation and there is, there is more uh, people with despair in their hearts and their minds and there is more, what is the word I'm looking for when you, uh, melancholy, it's, they used to call it, what's the word? Depression, dear God. I told you guys, I need, I need alpha brain. I need some, some help up top. So, so like, why is there, if, if all of these things lead to a place of greater purpose, contentment, and fulfillment, why has the, the, the depression rates exponentially increased over the last 10, 15, 20 years? Help me understand, help me reconcile those two things. The truth is that they don't lead to a place of contentment. In fact, what you find is that if you pursue these works of the flesh, you're going to look behind you and see a wake of destruction. You will be hurt. Others will be hurt, and it's not going to lead you to the place that God has intended for you. You're going to find that, that you're even more empty now than you were before you started. And that's one of the things that is always, for me personally, my own personal story, one of the things that made Jesus so appealing is because I tried all that other stuff. Like I tried all the stuff that they said that was going to make you feel good. They tried all the stuff that they said that was going to make you feel happy because, you know, happy is an absolute. Can we kind of be honest? Happy is a joke. Like, I'm not after happy. I'm after, I'm after joy. Like, happy, happiness is fleeting. Happiness is a high. Happiness is a moment. I want something that is sustainable. I want something that lasts beyond just the, that, that particular moment. I'm looking for something that's real, and Jesus is the thing that's real. And that's what was so appealing to me about Jesus, because after I did all the things that they told me that I should do to make me feel a certain type of way, I love that expression, even though that expression doesn't mean anything, right? So, so after I did all the things that they told me that I should do that would make me feel a certain type of way man I was broken and I was empty I'll never forget I'm gonna make it I'll never forget man I was I was 17 at the point at my point in time right like that, that moment of decision in my life I was sitting on a friend's bed at the end of his bed we were playing NCAA 1996 7 8 I got back when games were good, right? And all this, it's too realistic now. I like it when you could run the same play over and over and you get 80 yards. Bo Jackson up and down, Tech Mobile. Y'all don't know nothing about that. I sit on a, I can tell you exactly what we were playing. We were playing NCAA college football. I was playing with Purdue and Drew Brees was a quarterback. He was in college at the time. That's how, Drew Brees, right? Sitting on the end of my friend's bed. And man, like, again, just everything that I was told that I needed to do, I had done. And, and, and I felt as broken and empty and lost as I had ever felt in my entire life. And that's, for me, the moment that, that it became very clear that I needed to do something else. The works of the flesh weren't cutting it. They weren't doing it. So at that point in time, even though I had no idea what the, the fruit of the Spirit was, ultimately I realized that I needed the fruit of the Spirit, right? I needed love and joy and peace and patience and those sorts of things. One of the arguments that people will make to this, this kind of this, this idea that we should just do whatever we want to do because we want to do it and the works of the flesh type of mentality would be hedonism. If you're not familiar with hedonism, it's just essentially hedon a hedonistic view is that you do whatever makes you feel good in spite of how it affects everyone else around you. Just you go after happiness and you go after pleasure and, and consequences be darned, right? 
And so my counter to that argument is that you have a, a real gross misunderstanding of what pleasure is, and you also have a failure to understand the consequences of making decisions, right? When you make a decision, when I make a decision, it never, ever, ever just affects me. It always affects me, and then kind of these ripple effects, those who are around me, those who are closest to me. And, and that's one of the saddest things about seeing the world around us. Man, like one of my, I guess, pet peeves is not even a strong strong enough word right one of the things that absolutely breaks my heart is the the fatherlessness you see kind of it's an epidemic in a fatherlessness in our country and so a, a father or a mother makes a decision to leave and they think it's what's best for them you are a complete moron and idiot strong words i know right it's very full of grace and truth a lot of truth not a lot of grace on that one if you think that it only affects you, right? And, and the damage that it causes, not just for you in that moment, for, but for those around you for years and years to come. And so when you make a decision based on your selfish feelings, it, it has a tremendous amount of consequence in it. So I think the answer to this is found in a verse that, that really lays it out there. Here's what I think what we've, we've got to understand. We've got to kind of, again, reconcile these two things. We have to be honest that sin can be fun. And then we also have to be clear that that fun, it has an expiration date. And that beyond that, that there are consequences, there is a reckoning that takes place beyond that expiration date. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26, it says this, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, now I know this doesn't mean this is not connected to maturity, this is just like, hey, when he got older, but I do think it's really interesting, and I'm going to just kind of stretch it a little bit to say that, hey, Moses, when he got mature, he realized some things. And y'all just go with me on a path. Okay. Y'all y'all started strong. We're getting, we're getting weaker. We're tapering off here. So he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He was looking at his future, and he decided that he didn't want to participate in the passing pleasures of sin. Now, there's a couple of things we pull from that, that, that sin does have pleasure, but that pleasure is passing, and then comes the consequence, then comes the reckoning. And so that's kind of our first idea, is to flush the flesh. If we are willingly, knowingly participating, was that a good toilet sound? Not so much. Why was that funny? That, that's probably the least funny thing I've said all day. Y'all have twisted potty senses of humor. Last point, it's called only room for one. I, I, I think when I, when I say that kind of expression, that phrase, it, it makes me think of amusement parks. How many of you guys have been to an amusement park lately? Um, amusement parks are trash. I'll be honest with you. It, it's, it's capitalism perverted is what it is. And so you, you get in line and you've been sitting in line for three hours to ride this ride that lasts for 30 seconds. And so you get to the front and then because somebody else was willing to pay even more money than you, they just walk right past you. And you as a peasant, the proletariat, just watch the bourgeoisie walk right onto the roller coaster and have all the times of their life. So anyway, when you get to the front of the line, one of the things that happens sometimes, we got our, our family like is just getting bigger and bigger. Seems like every day we, we add, we, we're, I told you guys, I feel like we're exponentially increasing. Um, we went from no kids to a bunch of kids and I, I don't know if we're done. I told Shelly, no, absolutely not. And I've done that more than once and here we are. Um, 
when, when, when we, like, we were at two, I was good. Like, two is good. Man defense, right? You get one, I get one, we're good. And then Shelly's like, no, 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 I think, I think three is good. And I'm like, no, you know, we got to switch the zone, right? Like, it's two versus three. And then and now we're just completely outnumbered. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, so anyway, when you get to the front of the line, and, and, and sometimes what they've got is they need to fill in some spaces, and they're like, hey, you got room for one more? Um, I feel so bad for the people. A, you're in an amusement park by yourself. That's, that, come hang out with us, man. Like, you can come, come ride with us. Like, we'll scream and spit with you and do all the things that you do. I sweat a lot. And we only go to amusement parks when it's 3 million degrees outside. So you can hang out with us, but just be forewarned, you, you're going to get some sweat all up on you. And if you think I sweat a lot, you should see Tavia. Man, that dude sweats, right? And so there's only room for one. When I think about the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh, it's like, hey, there's really, there's really only room for one. It's, think about it in terms of a scale, right? If, if one goes up, the other has to go down. And if, if vice versa takes place, then you understand what I'm talking about. So I think it would be hard to argue that a life filled with love, patience, goodness, and kindness isn't going to be a life well lived that impacts the lives of several others along the way. And so what we're after is, is more of that and less of the other. And so that's what a, fright, a bright future is all about. That is what a fruiture is all about is, again, the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. And here's where it gets even better. So the works of the flesh, that's on us. Like that is us. That is us choosing to do those things. The fruit of the Spirit, this is really good. This is really important. The fruit of the Spirit is not your, it's not your fruit. It's His fruit. And so what's so good is, what's so powerful about that is, it's like we're not actually the ones that are doing the work. We just have to give God room to do the work. We have to give him space. We have to relinquish control and allow him to do what only he can do in our life. He graciously extends us the opportunity for us to allow him to operate in our lives and bring with it all of these amazing byproducts, love, joy, peace, etc. right? I like the language that's used in verse 25. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk in the Spirit, right? So we make the decision. That's the decision that we make. That's the future that we choose is to live by the Spirit. And then what we've got to do is we kind of got to get out the way and keep up, right? I, one of my, I, I've got to get better at this. I'm so bad. Like I have a, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very, I like to do what I like to do when I like to do what I like to do. Anybody else? And so my, my children, God bless them, I love them. For example, we were, we, were, we were working in the yard yesterday, and they just always seem to be like right where I need to be. <laughs> Have y'all ever noticed that? Like, and I, I know for a fact I'm working like three times harder than they are, so I need you to get out the way, right? Just move and, and follow and stop getting in my way, right? And I kind of feel like that's how it is with the Spirit. Like, man, we, we tend, a lot of times, we get in the way. We're not being as productive as he would be. We kind of just need to get out of the way and follow him. We need to keep in step with him. When we talk about keeping in step, you're probably familiar with the expression, like, being equally yoked. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so the expression yoked is, is kind of more of a, a farming and ranching expression, right? So they would take two, two animals, two pack horses, mules, oxen, or whatever, and they would put them together. And so the importance was, was definitely similar size and, and ultimately kind of like the gait, right? How big are the steps that they took? And so if you put two animals together that weren't equal in size and gait, what you would find is that they would just... This is really fun. 
I love all the lights at our church, by the way. I'm easily distracted. You know what this looks like? This looks like a lot of people's lives. Right? When it just... And it's like, I, I've been here before. I ain't made it any further. Why, why am I still, why am I five years, 10 years, 15 years in, 20 years in, and, and I ain't seen any progress? Well, it's because you're, you're going the wrong direction, right? You, you're not considering the fact that, that you and I, we got to get out of the way and we have to relinquish control to the Spirit of God and allow Him to operate in our hearts, allow Him to move in our lives. I think about it in terms of, of gardening, of which I am not, right? I ain't. Y'all got any gardeners? You guys acted like you were gardeners. You were very judgmental of me in that moment. Like these thumbs, they made for it, right? That's not how we roll. More like hitchhiker thumb, not a gardener thumb. So, so I think about gardening, kind of our responsibility, like the garden has been planted, right? And, and it's, gonna be, it's gonna bring forth fruit, like the things are gonna grow that need to grow. Our job is just to kind of be aware of the things that pop up that don't need to be there. We would call them weeds, right? And so these weeds that pop up, it's our responsibility then just to kind of manage, right? Pull out the weeds. We're gonna let God work. We're gonna let him do his thing. We're gonna give him room for the fruit of the spirit to grow in our lives. We're just gonna address the things that come up that don't need to be there. I thought that was a very helpful illustration. Um, you guys, not so much, right? No, I'm just kidding. So, so and I'm not saying this is an easy thing, but I think it's a thing that we make way harder than it was ever intended to be. Y'all know how we do that? I do that so often. I make, I make mountains out of molehills. I make things uh, a lot more difficult than they need to be. So kind of the idea is just that, hey, we, we prayerfully live a life of awareness. Something comes up in our life. Does it look more like the fruit of the spirit or does it look more like the work of the flesh? If it looks like the work of the, fret, the flesh, we deep we de-weed it. Is that a, an expression? Does that work? Everybody? We pull it, right? We weed that sun gun, right? We and let me help you out real quick. So what I I'm partially responsible for climate change. <laughs> Strong statement. So I hate I hate weeding. Hate it. Hate loathe, right? Cannot stand pulling weeds. I think it is the largest waste of time on the planet. So I went to the hardware store a few years ago and I was like, I want them dead. All of them, everything, nuke done scorched earth and so they gave me some stuff i may have put a hole in the ozone i don't i don't know i didn't ask questions but you know what it didn't grow back <laughs> matter of fact I, anyway i got i got stories to tell things but that's kind of the idea right is that, that we got to get the weeds out the things that don't belong so that the fruit of the spirit can continue to grow in our lives the best way that i can think to sum this up is, is again kind of in context of, of these scales right one way or the other there's only room for one it's, it's John chapter three, verse 30, and it says this. This is a very short and powerful verse in scripture. It says this, he must increase, he being Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. That's it, right? Doesn't get any more clear than that. That is the objective, that is the goal. We want God to increase in our life and, and we want us to decrease. We want the fruit of the spirit to increase in our life and we want the works of the flesh to decrease. And because there's only room for one, we choose which of those two take place. Are we going to choose uh, to allow him to increase, in which case we decrease? Or are we going to choose for ourselves to increase, in which case he decreases? That is the choice that you and I make. It is a choice for us to decide. And, and I guess really kind of what we have to settle on is which of those two leads to the better future, 
right? Which of those two leads to the future that you believe that God has in store for you? A, a future filled with hope and love and life or a future filled with selfishness, destruction, and, and kind of all of the wake of those things in your past? I think it's pretty clear that God has the future in store for us of the fruit of the Spirit, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. So stop being a coconut, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you so much. God, for being full of grace and truth. God, sharing with us kind of these, these two diverging paths. Uh, one that, that follows you and pursues you and honors you and leads to fulfillment and contentment and leads to bringing you glory. God, and one that, that is selfish, one that is about the pleasure that we experience in the moment. God, but in its, its path, it's a wake of, of destruction. God, there is hurt, there is pain, there is shame. God, thank you for making it extremely clear which of those two that we should choose. God, help us to choose life. Help us to choose to, to walk in the Spirit, to allow you to penetrate our hearts and our lives and our minds, to pull out anything that doesn't belong, and to live a life that is filled with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. God, let our, let our lives be marked by those characteristics as we allow you to do what only you can do. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your incredible name we pray. Everybody say, amen.